Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this is the only podcast where we will guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity. That's right. So, buckle up. Also, spoiler alert. Tom did an excellent job of uh, highlighting that theory. I set the table. Yeah. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the f- most two recent episodes, or depending, four and five, we'll just say, because I don't know when you're listening. To I this. like how you covered it, though. I thought yeah. that was good. <laughs> four and five. Yeah. That's what we're doing today. Yeah. Uh, the name of five, mm-hmm. the, the episode of name of five is great. Yeah. The axe for. The axe forgets the tr- was the tree remembers, the but tree the axe forgets is yeah. what it is. But that's the saying that it's from. Yeah. It's a uh, episode. <laughs> These last two episodes have been just absolutely great for like one liners or quotable things. Yeah. From, from TV shows. Yeah. So. Uh, so we'll talk about Aldahani first, which is the planet mm-hmm. that a heist will be taking place on. Yep, so uh, we le- we open up with Luthen and Andor on Luthen's ship heading toward Aldahani. And yeah. this is where Andor gets clued into what's, what the deal is. And so Luthen tells him that they are going to rob an Imperial, well, installation. Turns out to be, it's like a garrison with an armory. Yeah. And they are going to steal the quarterly payroll for an entire imperial sector. I really like how pedestrian it sounds. Because with Star Wars, right? The Star mm-hmm. Wars, it's like, hey, we have to shoot an ion cannon through this two-meter hole in this rotating death planet spaceship. Right. And then this one's like, Let's make all the employees extra irate. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, if I didn't get my quarterly pay, I'd be pretty pissed. That, that That's true. And they're already kind of there's some unrest brewing already, mm-hmm. as we find out in the five. Yeah. But uh, it's just funny to me that every everything else so far has been like life or death and it's kind of nice too right like sure. this is yeah. this is just like um kind of on par with the rest of the show where it's just kind of showing day-to-day lives and then they're just like I, I mean i assume that the goal is money to fund further rebellions stuff right i would imagine yes i'm assuming then with a a side benefit potentially of having all of the disgruntled employees stop working at this outpost and, or turn on everybody and destroy everybody at the outpost. I think that you're um, confusing um, people working at the outpost with people who have a choice on whether or not to work. Yeah. They're not, it's not like you and me where we can be like, well, we're really against the policy that our company has put out about whatever topic. So we're going to silently protest by not, working or we'll have a sit-in or something not with the empire (laughs) not with the empire they're not going to do it right but then you can't i mean is so do you think if they don't get the if they you know check their bank account at uh midnight of payday and they don't see that those credits have rolled in although this seems more like hard currency than 
mm-hmm. anything else. If they, yeah. uh, I imagine they're going to line up and try and get this. So if they line up for their uh, ducats and then they uh, get nothing, do you think yeah. that there will be riots and or repercussions? So I think one of two things. First of all, I think that like if that were to happen, the the line from the empire was, "You should be happy that you're in the empire. Shut up." Yeah. Or they, I mean, there's nothing that's saying the Empire can't wipe them off the map, even sure. if it is part of them. You know, and the other thing would be like, if the Empire wants to not um, push more people towards like a rebellious attitude, they yeah. would figure out some way. It's not like the Empire's out of money, right? Like, this yeah. would be a this would be a loss, right? For sure. But like, this is also a loss that couldn't be like, we're just going to take it from this other place and give it to you people. We can, we can afford to suffer this loss. Yeah. And that's more important, but it also might be like, I wouldn't be surprised if we were just like, you guys aren't getting paid this quarter. I'm sorry. Here's I, you, you can have credit at the Imperial store. Oh my gosh. Or something. This is like old coal town shenanigans right here. Uh, don't you kind of get that feel though, from what we've seen in the show so far, like how, how much does the empire feel like, the corporate HQ, like in coal country, yeah, it just ran everyone's lives. Yeah, yeah. Here you yeah. get coal bucks as your right. payment. They're only accepted here in town. We give you the money, and then you give it back to us, and you are effectively slave labor. <laughs> and we have this like wink nod kind but, of idea. But these are at least credits. Yes. So I I I like to think that there are some people that got direct deposit set up, so they don't have to worry about this. And everyone else is like, nah, man, I'm not letting some droid keep track of my credits. And then he's going to be rolling through when this happens and be like, yeah, I got mine. I got all mine. They gave me a little bonus, too. Yeah. Where's your credits at? Yeah. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? They just didn't have them. You should come over and work at the Altari sector. Yeah. You should have gotten our, that direct deposit. Time. Yeah. So then this is purely for money, then. It sounds like. Yeah, I get the feeling based on what like Luthen promised Andor. Yeah. Uh 200k basically in order to if he got the job done. Yeah. And lived. Um so assuming that the number of the people that are on the team, there are six people, they didn't know they were gonna not get paid. I mean they're gonna get something, right? But like probably not two hundred thousand. But if you gave them all that, that's one point two million dollars in credits. You know, like, and like Luthen's mm-hmm. not doing that to give the money to these people. No. So, like, the payoff has got to be astronomically higher than a million credits. I, well, I think that's an interesting thing because in in this episode and, and the next one, in 4 and 5, we kind of learn everyone's, almost everyone's reason for doing what they're doing as far as being part of the Rebellion. Yeah, we get a little backstory filled in on just the, a couple. Yeah, Skeen is that one of them? He's the main suspicious person of opposition, Academy. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They have a conversation. Am I getting ahead of myself? No, yeah, because that's when he says the the line. We'll get there. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so Cassian is given a choice by Luthen. Right. Take some money now, or take more money and be a part of something important. You might die. So his, the choice was I can drop you off 
and you can just run until they catch you, which they will. Okay. Or I'll pay you to do this job if you live and if you deliver. So After he stole his super valuable thing and then, or not really stole, but met to get the, to have the super valuable thing, then yeah. he leaves leaving it. So, right, so that box, right? Yeah. That box that they had to meet about. So that box is super important, but like. It's super valuable anyway, right? Yeah. Remember, he was going to get 40000 for that box. Mm-hmm. And Luthen's promising him 200 k Yeah. Five times. So five he, boxes. he's essentially lost his, his main large income possibility and then been offered this great new deal of, right. of sacrifice endangering his life for more money so he's strictly uh opportunistic here still i think that what luthan has done is yeah he tempted him with that carrot but once cassian sees he's hoping right this team on the ground doing this hurting the empire in like a more substantial way like he'll buy in. We of course we know that he does because we've seen Rogue One. <laughs> well, I'm curious if like he he does for real. I would imagine you don't just shoot people in alleyways if you don't believe in the cause, right? Maybe, maybe yeah, he's I, continuing to get paid. I doubt it. No. Yeah. So you think there's some redemption coming for him? I mean, I, I, think- I assume there has to be. I think Cassie and Andor is the guy that if he's on your side, he's a hero. And if he's on the other side, he's a terrorist. And I mean, isn't that all people working in the rebellion though? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So like to me, it's if, if your side wins, you get remembered as a good guy. Sure. And if you don't, you're well, a bad yeah. guy. So, so people on both sides doing exactly the same shit. Right. So is he a good person? I don't think so. I think he's a survivalist, which you can argue is like, he has to be that. So, I mean, we're learning everyone else's reason for joining the rebellion. There's the officer that works again. We're, we're on five uh, when this happens, but yeah, we'll jump around a little bit. There's the officer. Yeah. So if you, hopefully you watched him, otherwise you're going to be lost as shit. All right. Uh, <laughs> there's the one officer who works in the garrison that they, they will be robbing. This dude is a smooth operator. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. But Gorn. he has a reason because he fell in love with somebody on the planet that they've been stationed at. Right. And then uh, the Empire found out, demoted him. She yes. she ended up dying somehow. Yep. I'm assuming the Empire was involved. Ambiguous reasons so far. Yeah. yeah. And now he wants them to at least suffer not a big a fan as he was when he signed up, I imagine. Right. Uh, and then we have, you know, various, the people in the uh, Aldani 7, as we'll call them, the people that are there, right? The one so, dude, his brother died. Yes. Skeen. Who was, yeah, Skeen's brother died or was killed. Well, so I mean, basically they, the what is it called? Eminent domained his brother's land. The Empire yeah. Did. Yeah destroyed his life's work he was a farmer his brother then commits suicide because what do you do you know yeah and so skiing has now so he has this very interesting line where he says i hated the empire before i don't know what to call what i'm feeling now i know what it is it's rage (laughs) that's rage i super hate them yeah that rage is when um 
you are so angry that like you you can no longer like logically dictate like what you're yeah yeah your yeah. motivations and like because it's it's a consuming hate. it's an it's all-consuming it's it is the fire dislike <laughs> yeah so he he is rageful at the empire and like i i think he's gonna get he's gonna off. go down dying i think he seems like one of those that's like i would i would rather die and take one of you with me than live and like see the end of my days kind of yeah scenario. yeah yeah um smart though <clears throat> seems really smart well yeah he kind of figured out clem yeah which is andor's alias yeah cassian's alias uh pretty quickly yeah he also has some a barcode they had this whole conversation in five that i'm not quite sure i understand so he has this barcode which mm-hmm. cassian picked up on right away which Skeen picked up that Cassian picked up on it right away, and that basically told him almost everything he need he needs to know about Cassian. And they are, or their people were enemies at some point. So I think what he picks up on is largely this this um he has a tattoo yeah which I am going to equate to the kind of tattoos that Jewish people okay. uh, had when they were put into ghettos and concentration camps yeah. And if you saw that on another person, you'd largely be able to intuit a lot about who yeah. they are, right? And so I'm getting that feel from this, although I can't pull a specific example of it. Well, my my feeling was they were both in some kind of like empire-backed youth service, which ah. equated to like forced labor. Okay. And there well, was... Go ahead. Well, because when uh, at the beginning of four, when Cassian and uh, Luthen, Luthen, thank you, are having a conversation, Cassian mentions like, yeah, I was I joined a war like Mimbian or Mimban, Mimban, which is a a planet. Yeah. Yeah. I was in that war. Mm -hmm. I fought. And then we all realized we were fighting the same team. And yeah. we were because of these people. So I was wondering if it was like related to that in some way. It could very easily be related to that in some way. I'm I'm not certain. It makes sense. Like if you're the empire and you can get t- two sides of people who hate you to kill one another, you're do you're winning twice. You know? Yeah, it's like a bunch of rich people telling a bunch of um, working class people that a bunch of poor people are going to take their jobs, and that's what's wrong with them. Instead of the fact that the rich people will just won't pay the the working class people more money because they want it that's what that's that's what i equate that to very specific illusion there (laughs) that's right yeah yeah i don't know i just pulled that i just pulled that out of my history um you're man you're so smart thank you so much so luthan seems to know a lot a lot about cassian what about that what's up he knew about his dad in that one yeah uh, knows where he was, knows his history, yeah, knows he, what happened to him. Recites it to him to his face. You know, like that would be worrisome if you showed up and any person came up to you at any point, yeah. whether in Star Wars yeah. or in real life, and was like, "Oh, Tom, you went to this high school, right? You dated this girl in high school. You married her, right?" Yeah, yeah. She does this. You live at this ad. You know, like that would freak you out. Like, um, because it's an invasion of privacy. When, uh, when you go to like government websites and you have to like verify that you're who that that you're who you are they like give you options for addresses of where you used to live and i'm like how do they know 
it's like the government, but it just like freaks me out. It's me. And that's that's someone who I've told where I've lived forever, right? Right. If someone someone who doesn't I've never met is just like, hey man, yeah. how was that house on X Street? Yeah. You live on Cedar Creek, right? Yeah. Down at the down at the U-turn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's that how's that ice cream shop? Yeah. A couple blocks back. Neat koi pond, you know. Yeah. So like <laughs> Yeah. Um so I'd be, like, I'd be paying attention real quick then. Yeah, and I think that's exactly Luthen's point is that Luthen showed up and he tells Andor this. He says, you know, I would have loved to walked away with that box, but I came here to get you because you're yeah. talented and we need a guy for this job. And like the the job is what's important. But like I don't for one second believe that like Luthen's going a foot, a step out of out of his way if Andor yeah. doesn't make it you know like sure sure you know like he's helpful and you're willing to go to some links to get him on your team but if it means you're going to accomplish the larger goal sorry pal like we're leaving you in the dust like yeah so but I also that... he's telling him hey this thing that you put an incredible amount of value in it means nothing to me compared to you right now right he's an effective so... recruiter <laughs> so as we see later in episode five like uh he goes pretty high up the chain yeah. So, um, so I the, a lot of what we're seeing in the show so far about how the rebellion is kind of coalescing into a larger, yeah, a larger, yeah. a larger thing or an organization, I think is just absolutely fascinating because you you have this guy. I love it. I I thought this would be the show for you, and it I have yeah. yet to see anything that would dissuade <laughs> me from that idea. Yeah. But yes. like this guy is an antiquities dealer on Coruscant. Who rubs uh, yeah. elbows with the lead? So Coruscant's like, a big one. We talked about it last time, right? Coruscant a... is the big one. Yeah, capital of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. So and like he's got senators and like important people showing up to like, you know, look over his stuff and get them for presents and gifts and just like to collect and that kind of thing. And we get the I get the idea that he's kind of wealthy, but like also that his shop is a complete front. Yeah. And like you're doing this, he's got a ham radio, yeah, in this in the back, yeah, exactly. And like I imagine that is what Bix was getting in contact with him on. Oh sure, uh, from one of the early, the first three episodes. But yeah, yeah, poor Bix, we'll never see her again. We might, we might there because there's more that's going to happen on that planet. I did think it was interesting that we seem to not have completely left that yeah. locale yet. So like they're going to do some investigating because yeah. our buddy uh, got in trouble. Cyril. Yeah. Um, Cyril's the, ba- well, the guy we were calling baby face. Yeah. And uh, he's largely responsible for Heim? that planet losing its in its entire sense its contract. It's uh, <laughs> they got it's absorbed security by the contracts. They're fucked. So, yeah. Whoops, the Daisy. They're doing something real interesting with him. I I want to talk about him. The first thing I wanted to talk about, which was ten, well, twelve minutes ago. Sure. Let's the symbol, it. the Andor symbol that we see. Yeah. Do we know anything about that <clears throat> during the credits? Okay. Is that what we're saying? That symbol? well, like when it when it pops up and you just see Andor. There's like the oh sure the three tined like- symbol. So that is really reminiscent of the rebellion, the symbol for the rebellion. Okay. We, we see something similar to that 
in Rebels with Sabine Wren, and she will she paints a phoenix for Phoenix Squadron. Okay, different places, and that looks that's very close to the Rebel Alliance symbol. And I wonder if it's this kind of like um, so like during slavery, there were like stories that would get passed around from like mm. plantation to plantation, and they right. all kind of like you know when you play that game, like what is it like telephone telephone so it changes a little bit but like there's enough truth to the core of it that everyone can identify what you're talking about and the message gets through yeah i wonder if this is something like that where it's like this really isn't the rebel symbol but it's close yeah it i i'm wondering if when in the first episode and the second episode where we see flashbacks to him on his planet that i can't remember the name of now yeah canari there it is uh, before they went out to to search the ship, like mm-hmm. people were getting their fingers dirty and like putting paint on and stuff. And they took their and they and they like he did especially took three fingers and and rubbed it on his arm or something. So I wondered if like he was going to bring that back to his old roots where oh. he was uh, rebelling against the man, as it were. Entirely possible. I. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what say. that symbol is, to be honest. So it, sure. it looks a lot like the Rebel Alliance logo. Yeah, they always have, everyone has something, right? And it is similar. Yeah. Maybe this is, are are we maybe to believe that this is like the early iteration of that symbol? That's what I took it for, but then that confused me because they did the same thing in Rebels with okay. Sabine Rand's art. So like okay. I, having two instances of that seems odd, but... yeah certainly not implausible i mean maybe there's a larger backstory to that image yeah 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 okay maybe it means hope or something like superman's s and like that's just the letter s bro yeah all right good 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 so uh hein the baby face that's his last name right zero hein yeah yeah what are they wanting us to do with this guy now i don't know I'm completely at a loss as to why he's still around. So we see him get fired. Yeah. We see him take a commute that I would hate to go to work every day. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And like that, have you ever seen a larger apartment building than that thing? Holy shit. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) <laughs> that thing is like into the clouds big. It's just enormous. And so he he goes back to his mother, as we probably all have done or will sure. at some point in our lives when shit gets rough. And um, she lets us slash, know their relationship immediately. Yeah, she's happy slash ter- uh, upset to see him <clears throat> and uh, slaps his face, then hugs him as most mothers do with their their sons who return home. If that's what and, we, that's what we like about um, our intimate relationships it's a confusion and ambiguity all together yeah (laughs) this is joyous ball of like (laughs) trying to figure shit out yeah so he goes home and over the course of these two episodes basically admits to his mother i get the feeling that um growing up she was very strict wanted him on a career path judgmental He, he could never uh win her approval yeah of a scenario and uh she's gonna call in a favor from um either a blood relation uncle or someone that they just call like maybe like a kingpin or a godfather kind of figure yeah 
um, that's going to get him prospects. Hopefully. Yeah. And so, like, but here's my thing is, like, what? who cares? Like, unless that directly ties into what the rest of the story is trying to perpetuate what are we hanging on to this guy for yeah like i'm i i thought maybe they'd bring him back and he's just like i'm gonna figure it out on my own i'm gonna find this guy well i don't don't get that vibe because he seems like a little bitch well he did sit in his room and he has cassian's yeah yeah he's just mugshot yeah you know and i'm like I get the feeling that he all of the blame for he's like he's oh yeah with for, for situation sure. he's placed on Cassian yeah, and so like if he wanted to like go bounty hunter or maybe he, he doesn't have the stones to do bounty hunting though he might now I mean I I I think it takes more than aimlessly trying to to lead a group of men who are way more experienced than you in the field. And then seeing an explosion or two after being knocked out. Well, maybe not bounty tied up, but maybe like he's on a personal crusade to track down Cassian. Like, sure. um, I could easily see, I mean, he's not, he's not an idiot. He was, he was not very experienced. I also think he's, he's probably he was told to do this thing and that he needed to do good at it not that he wanted to or had the ability to Mm -hmm. it was he he, wrote everybody hard you know yeah that is a direct reflection of how he was treated i'm sure (laughs) pressure makes pressure makes diamonds as it is yeah some there's some euphemism about an apple falling not that far from a tree (laughs) yeah yeah I, I get us like, what do you think is his his dream job? Because it certainly isn't being a lieutenant in a, a security detail. So for all the wealth and glamour and ex, like expansiveness of Star Wars, this guy's situation to me like wraps up the plight of most nine. Let's call them nine to fibers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I got fired today. My life is over. Right. Like, I'm fucked. I'm literally fucked. My family is like, we're going to starve and be out on the street because I don't have work. Yeah. And like, I don't think it matters what uncle, whatever his name is, comes through with. You just go do that so that you don't starve. Yeah. 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 You know, and if you have an opportunity to climb a ladder or like make a name for yourself, you do it, you know, and like I get it's weird, but like to tie this kind of into like Game of Thrones, like I get a lot of Kristen Cole vibes from this guy. Sure. Like you have what you are right and like what Kristen cole was was like a decent fighter yeah and he got a little notoriety and he vaulted himself up to the king's guard which is like people would try their whole lives for that gig yeah so okay so here's cyril what'd you what'd you say his last name was hein hein okay so here we have cyril hein who either calls in a favor or worked himself up from wherever like he's not old Wait. He's probably in his mid Cyril Karn. Karn. Okay. Jesus. Where'd you get Hein? Uh that's the chief inspector. Oh sure. No problem there. So like um yeah. So he either worked his way up to like middle management or whatever and then got fired. But now he's right in that same boat like oh shit what do I do? Yeah. You know, and like, I'm, I'm really, I'm very curious to see what 
they have planned for him solely because normally I'm pretty good at guessing like storylines like, oh, it's this. They're gonna this is what the, the trajectory of this character is on. Yeah. It's not a huge it, like, like is this dude gonna freak out and just like go on a murder spree or is he yeah. gonna is he just gonna like, like implode and how many times you've been watching a movie you've never seen before and you're like, I'll bet this guy goes and does something like this. Like this is the part in the movie where he kisses the, <laughs> the wrong girl, right? Right. And then he's right. supposed to be with the other girl, but he kisses this one because he's upset or there's a misunderstanding or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> this guy, I don't know. No. He's, and I'm like kind of kind of interested in his storyline because I don't know. I mean, right. He he clearly he wants authority. He needs a. Th- I mean, he was a lieutenant in some security detail for a planet, and he was like, "I'm tracking down this motherfucker." Yeah, and taking him out. He so he wants that, and then he goes home to his mom, and she makes him cereal and has him eat it, and then make sure he eats his vegetables and his fruit too. This um this cereal has driven Star Wars Twitter absolutely ablaze. Yeah, what's going on with that? I've seen a lot of shit about it. I haven't watched anything yet, but <clears throat> so it's like food in Star Wars has never really been explored. Okay. We don't we don't really have like you have some like like we've got okay, the blue we're, milk. We've got the blue milk, which has been a, a constant it's a staple. Yeah, throughout Star Wars. And like every once in a while, you get some rations, or people are eating like nondescript things, like in yeah. a nondescript place. But like food is not a big deal, like in yeah. Star Wars. But like here, you have a dude eating cereal like a normal person, like you would, yeah, at his age, you know, and he's eating it out of like <laughs> the little kitty bowl, and like she puts in like enough milk where the bottom of the bowl barely gets wet. I'm just like. You don't make the cereal float yeah, in the milk. Yeah, I don't like, know how you do it, but I, I fill that up to almost have all the way to the yeah. top of the bowl. And if then my I, cereal's not swimming. I don't want yeah. it. Okay. So like <laughs> um, yeah. And so like he has cereal. Like now people are like, what's what's the cereal? Is it blue cereal? Like, what is it? Like sure. You know, and so now people, I mean, like, I don't understand it, but like, okay, like it, like what I think it does, and then what I think it's like what you wanted, which is that like this yeah. little thing is a bridge to like understanding like i hate this guy he's a villain but like i totally get where he is right now yeah yeah i i wrote down i was like are we supposed to feel bad for this guy now or like what are we because like i don't feel it, bad for it him. humanizes him it does. quite a bit with his relationship with his mom yeah. uh he's the only person in the universe that eats food right <laughs> you know <laughs> It's cr- so, him and uh, Java, right? Java, I think. Yeah, we, Java we has the little some bugs food. And yeah. What <laughs> makes you want to throw up when watching him eat it? Those two oh, are it. That's it. Not someone I wanted to have a like a. If I wanted to have something in common with somebody, <laughs> yeah. Java the Hutt would not be the dude that I wanted to have someone in common. With. No. no. But if it wasn't for the fact that he pulls out Cassian's mugshot, yeah. I would say this guy's on his on his way to joining the rebellion. Maybe you throw I mean, like, so the Empire fires him. The Empire takes away his planet's independence. The Empire like ruins his future. Yeah. You know, and like you and like people are not complicated, right? Like you're going to blame the person who fired you. Sure. Well, you're not going to take that. you, You believe got you fired. Right, exactly. It wasn't your actions, it was their actions. Correct, right. Like, yeah. I made a mistake, but you're making me pay consequences, and that's the thing that I really don't like. Yeah. So, like, 
I could see him with one or two sm- more small pushes. Like maybe if like in the upcoming episodes, he had to like stand in a food line with the people that he used to boss over <laughs> oh, or sure. like he had to go to work and like everyone there knew like what his last job was kind of he, like a yeah. cop going to prison. Like, Ooh, like yeah. I think he's going to get a not so flattering job from uncle. Yeah. I would imagine that. So I could see him going rebellion, but like, I don't think that's in the cards anymore because it's, it seems like he's really fixating on Andor, and you don't usually fix on someone to like be like, I'm going to track him down and shake his hand <laughs> for waking me up to the realities of this world. I'm buying this dude a drink the next, yeah. the first chance I get. I don't know for sure, <laughs> but I think we're going to be besties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know. <clears throat> no, they're not going to be besties. I promise. You just don't know this guy. I tell you what, though, we're seeing a lot more bureaucracy. You want to you want to segue to that in this episode? Well, that's part of it, right? Like we see we see him kind of lose his job and now he's trying to he's trying to get back on track. But then we go we go to another room where ISB headquarters, I guess. Right. And we see Major Partagas. I love you so much right now that you're learning the names. <laughs> Right. So he's talking and he's talking about um, well, we'll, we'll talk a bit, a bit more about what he's talking about. We have him. Uh, uh, Deidre or Deidre Miro. The blonde, I think. Oh, OK, sure. Yep. ISB lady who she works for the naval spot. But like <clears throat> they're bringing up what happened with mm-hmm. Karn and and uh, Pharynx. Ferrix, yep. Yeah, Ferrix and all that. And like, so her ears perk up and she's like, oh, they found a, they found a, a tech. They found some tech from us. Oh, I think we had that stolen. And, you know, so she's trying to get more information, but she, she goes to her, I either contemporary or someone who's just above her or whatnot. And is like, hey, I would like more information on this. And he's like, hey, stay in your lane. And she's like, I, and I'm just trying to figure this stuff out. And he's like, you're just trying to get a promotion. And then they, and then they bring part of gas into all this and stuff. So this crazy infighting with the empire that we don't really see, like the most that we see, although I guess all that we see is like, I want credit (laughs) and they're like, no. (laughs) And then you're like, but I did a good thing for the bad people. And they're like, no. Right. So like, that's (laughs) basically the only thing that we see. Right. Yeah, so I, yes, you're right. So this so, is all like, I need to requisition records from this place. And then they're just like, you're trying to get ahead of me. You can't do that. I need, I need the attention, you know? But we see a lot more of that here. We do see a lot of that. So like, I imagine, this is kind of what I imagined um, the Empire to be like which is that um you are you are cutthroat down to the, the smallest absolute, to the entry smallest level job point. right like to the point where it's like so they get kind of chewed out right because like they're not working well together but yeah well and it's all about clearance rates and, and like success rates of what of what your current job is not like anything beyond that yeah, so I'm trying to find the actress that plays her on IMDb site for 
Andor, and I don't see her, a yeah. picture of her or her character's name on the on the thing, and that's really strange. I'm gonna keep looking, but like so like so I, I very much got the vibe. It's Denise that, like, Go. Okay. G O U G H. G O U G H. So I very much got the or vibe. Danger. Yeah. That like when you are watching a television, there she is. Um, that when you are watching a television show and it's like there's like there's been a murder, and yeah. then like ATF and LAPD and the FBI and like the sheriff's department all show up and they argue over jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah. And it's like we're gonna have this big fight about like who's actually gonna do this because we can't yeah. there's no clear rule and we're gonna we have to figure it out. Like I got that same kind of vibe from this. Like so she wanted the box that Cassian was going to trade to Luther right. for money. Right. Because it was stolen from a from a system that she's responsible for. Yeah. But Ferrix is in this other dude's her contemporaries jurisdiction and so she goes to him and she's like hey i kind of like this box and he's like fuck off stay in your lane right yeah yeah you're and just I'm trying like, to jump the ladder for promotion and i'm like it's a box dude just <laughs> right the fucking box yeah and it's one less thing on your plate who cares you almost get a sense that he's just like no because i don't want that exactly exactly yeah and like so the empire from like their own internal like ladder like you said before like in our game of thrones episodes like chaos is a ladder right yeah well their own internal chaos is the that they cause amongst themselves is a ladder for some people like these mid-major isb people to climb and like have like a just a distinguished career right like that's all that you can really that's all they ever want right like is that is that are these all metaphors for like life where it's like the 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 overlord government they're full of people that just want success and the people fighting those people just want rights and the ability to live a, a an okay life yeah like um like are those like, the binaries here i think so like i mean like imagine so like the um Okay, so like the Rebel Alliance, as we know from like uh, multiple movies and 45 years of Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, They're not really done until the end of the sequel trilogy. So this is like 60, I mean, 60 years, like multiple generations of people who have either lived under the Empire or the First Order, like which is effectively a new version of the Empire. Yeah. And um, what do they get if they win? They get to wake up and go do the exact same thing they would have done if they had not put their life on the line for however many years. Yeah, they get to open to up that own... shop or to have that tree yes. farm. Or to punch in at nine and punch out at five or whatever the yeah. fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And have all the same shit problems that you and I have in our lives. <laughs> That's the payoff for them. Right. You know, and like... To be and to be fair, I guess the the higher idea is that they get to make their own choices. Yeah, I mean that's the main thing, right? Right, and so like to me, this is I mean like Star Wars has been such a huge impact on my life in particular. Like I hold that the highest form of freedom that any individual can have is choice. Sure, and so that's why people will kill for it 
even when the odds are like a, a million to one, because there are people out there that literally feel like it's not a life worth living if I can't make my own choices. And yeah. like Luthen doesn't have to do this. Yeah. Luthen can sit in his shop and be fat and happy and sell him and Mon Mothma, right? Art. Yeah. They can sell art. <laughs> I mean, and she could, yeah, exactly. She's putting her life on the line, and so is he for principles. Yeah. They're the Democrats of the of the Coruscant. They're the Bernie Sanders, I guess. Indeed they are. (laughs) Um, Except, yeah, except that uh, they'll actually be killed, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, this is, um, so I hate to do this because I I don't like him as a person, but, like, Tom Cruise was in a movie called Valkyrie. Yeah. Where he leads, like, a, like, the berlin officers they're going to rise up near the end of the war yeah and throw down hitler so the allies don't come in and kill everybody that was german right yeah it's like that (laughs) you know like if you fuck up and hitler finds out that you're going to overthrow him you don't make it out of the room yeah you know and neither would they like and they're not doing it because they're going to get rich they're already rich they're not going to do it because they're going to be powerful they're already powerful they're doing it because it's wrong to, yeah. to live under an authoritarian fascist regime because they steal choice and they turn people into things and not humans. I, I texted you when I was watching this that I want a Luthan TV show. And I did that right when I saw him changing into his, his rich guy persona. And I was just like, who the fuck is this guy? This dude that's that's on the weekends he's fucking flying off to places to to recruit rebels and and otherwise he's going back home and selling expensive things to rich people so i think that i would be justified in saying that you and i have never known anybody who was taking a risk like this motherfucker is taking a risk (laughs) oh no you know and like you know i have this fantasy about winning the lottery and like doing good things for all these kinds of people yeah 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 I don't have a fantasy about trying to overthrow an interstellar regime with nothing and people who the people who live in the hills. Yeah. Who who are just like, like through pluckiness and like grit are going to tear down an empire. And that's exactly what these people are trying to do. And the one thing, the rebellion, like the one way that I think that Disney and Lucasfilms can keep telling the same story is to do this is to take the idea that the rebellion that we saw in episode four, when Luke flies down the the Death Star trench run and blows mm-hmm. up the Death Star, yeah, like that was the end result of all this hard work, and we don't know jack shit about the hard work, right? Yeah, yeah, it's easy to forget all of this stuff, oh, like man. where it's leading to, and like, so there's this there's this character named Nemec who's like this. He might be 20, right? Like he's just this kid, bright eyed kid. Oh yeah. The manifesto. He's got the manifesto, right? He says something like the pace of oppression outpaces or like repression outpaces our capability to understand that it's happening. Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's like you wake up one day and you look around, it's like, when did all this stuff change? Well, it happened one step at a time that you didn't recognize every day until you're so far away from where you were that you no longer recognize what you're, you know, where you are. And that's yeah, yeah. how a lot of these people probably feel. 
for sure. And it's interesting because like every, just about all of the movies and everything revolve around this rebellion, right? Yeah. It's a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. The biggest deal for a lot of them, Mm -hmm. but that's crazy to think about. Like all of this stuff is all about the same good guys versus the same bad guys, essentially. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I think what's so refreshing and what I've seen used ad nauseum to describe this show is raw. Yeah. What's raw about this show is that usually we look at Star Wars like from like we were standing in front of a painting so close that you can't even tell what the painting is. Right. But like what you were looking at right in front of your face was still fun to look at. And yeah. like you have to take a step back and see things differently to get a better idea of like what the entire picture is. And this is a step towards doing that. And it's it's so far it's been great. Like I don't hear anybody saying anything bad about the show, just the fact that Diego Luna is not white. Yeah. Uh and I think another important piece here is that the one of the characters of the show is not going to show up at all. And that's the force. Yeah. So star Wars has been, um, I don't want to use the term reliant, but it's real close to reliant on the yeah. idea that like this story incorporates like mystical space samurai with laser swords <laughs> that can use like magic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, that's not a too far description away from a Jedi Knight, you know, and so Star Wars is so big, and we've said this before, yeah, that there's something in Star Wars for everybody, right? So, like, I think the Mandalorian certainly proved this point, right? So now we're getting, at least with their television programming, we are getting this idea that it doesn't have to be about, like, this mystical, religious something you could never be right yeah and like one of the key things about star wars is that people find it relatable almost all almost everyone can find something you can relate to in star wars sure and now we are expanding that to an even wider base because you're going to tell stories and put those characters in situations that people will see themselves in very easily yeah and for sure it just so happens to be a really cool story I mean, like, neat. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. Like, keep I mean, telling like, it now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get my thing, which is like stuff about the force, right? Like, I'm going to get um, movies, and I'm going to get things like Tales of the Jedi and the Acolyte are going to be stuff that are going to come out. Yeah, looking forward so, to those. Yeah, they're going to be fantastic. I think. I mean, yeah, like, nothing's been bad so far. Yeah, like <laughs> under the under Disney. I mean, as I mean, like people will say the sequel trilogy is bad. They're wrong, but yep. like, it's. I think it's just all been good, you know. And For so, sure. yeah. So go ahead, like, do things that are different for other people who don't value the things that I value as highly. There's room for everybody in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Major uh, Partigas, right? He gives a he gives a little speech, like. <laughs> Yeah, this guy is a guy that I don't think anyone wants to piss off. Like he, he <laughs> I mean, 
it's it's frustrating when you have a conversation and the person you're having the conversation with knows what you're going to say and the answer to the next thing that you're going to say right this dude is this dude is sharp like in like like he has intelligence in a way that's scary well and he does a really good job of um uh making you or at least daedra right because they have this conversation and Mm -hmm. and he's basically he he slaps her and then uh gives her a nice little compliment at the end of it too kind of like uh karn's mom right so back when uh she was like i want i want verbally i I want my yes yes not physically verbally right yeah when when she's like i just want i I, the investigation should be mine it's my jurisdiction and then he's like uh i'm sorry what was your clearance rate how much percentage do you have done of all the stuff that we expect you to have done and all you know i think you probably better uh focus more on that Mm -hmm. and climbing the ladder so this this guy feels very much like so i get okay here's the way that i'll describe him we have this kind of like jurisdictional dispute or beef as the kids say (laughs) between um what's her name what's the woman's name daedra Daedra. d-e-d-r-a daedra um and her counterpart and this guy in the you know her counterparts like dude stay in your lane don't gun for don't buck for the promotion just do your job and like and don't come to me with your shit basically right yeah and so then she goes over his head yeah and um which ever which always makes everyone like you so much more yeah and then boss man steps in and says um hey you're doing a real good job but yeah he's right stay inside your fucking lane because that's how we get to where we yeah. need to go here like by, by the way we want you to do more stuff like this because you did a really good job of that but stay the fuck out of there but no this stuff over here you're all right and this is the chief like to me this is the chief problem with the empire like the empire is rigid yeah there's no room for like what she's trying to do like she's trying to to put a puzzle together but like so many of the puzzle pieces are on a different table yeah that she can't she can't put them all together and so she's like um excuse me um can i borrow that piece of this really important thing that I think that I'm onto. <laughs> and they're like, uh, this piece is on my table. And she's like, but you're not using that piece and it's not your puzzle. And they're like, fuck off, yeah. stay in your lane, go back to your table. It goes you back know? to what Cassian said, uh, when Luthen asked him how he got that piece of tech. And he was like, they, they don't have, they don't have the capacity to think that somebody would just walk in and take it. <laughs> they you know, they just can't believe that they did not have a procedure written down in place for this mm-hmm. very thing. Right. Which was as low tech as me just walking in there and yeah. leaving with it. Yeah. I mean, that's a great quote. And like, I really believed in things like chain of command or like procedure when I was even up through my thirties. Sure. And then, um, my job prior to this one, if it taught me anything, it's like people largely don't care unless you just, if you get the job done. Right. And like, yeah. how is not as important as what? Yeah. So like I took those lessons and I was like, you know, sometimes in order to get the job done, you just had to be like, okay, I'm going to try this other thing that's outside of the guidelines. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, cool. Good initiative. And I was like, interesting. 
you're telling me you don't really care about this as long as the result is the same. And so I just started to, you know, ask for things like that. No one would ask for, you know, and I was like, um, yeah, so I was, I ran a janitorial crew at, um, Pfizer. Yeah. In this place in Surgis called Abbott labs, which makes baby food. Yeah. You know, and so we have, you know, I worked for a company called SBM and SBM has all these different sites all over the place. And so like I, we needed a piece of equipment. And so I said, I, so like we didn't have it and like, it wasn't in our budget to buy one new. And so I talked to our vendors and I said, um, you know, I did the whole line. Like I'm going to need test drive it first. Yeah. 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 Like we'd really like to test drive. I needed it for exactly one job. And they were like, well, we could bring you one on site and leave it for you. And I was like, it would be real helpful if you could supply like the materials too, so that we could actually like use it to see like if I can train people on it and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and it was like, oh yeah, no problem. That's a part of the package. Like, well, so they dropped it off. Yeah. You know, and we used it for over the weekend. And I was like, we have Amazing. this for exactly 48 hours. I need 44 hours of this thing used. <laughs> yeah. And so these guys, my, you know, my staff that were on there, whatever, they were like, okay, we'll, we'll do it. And I was like, listen, don't, don't do A, B, and C this weekend. Just yeah. do D. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> hit it, hit it hard, hit it a lot. You know? Yeah. And so on Monday morning, the vendor shows up and he's like, so how'd you like it? And I was like, you know what? I think we're going to go with something else. You know, I'm sorry, man. But like, it was, I really appreciate it. But like, here's all your shit that we used up and like did and just gave it back to him uncleaned and like, and the, I like the, to think that they I don't know what it is but I like to think they checked it and was like it has been running for 46 hours continuously we, uh, well we wanted to like thoroughly test it we had a bunch of scenarios <laughs> so like you know but like the people that we that employed us yeah didn't, didn't care that we didn't buy it and had it there on site taking up space sure they cared that we got what they wanted done you know and like I lost my point as to why I'm talking about this for Andor but like um Oh, it doesn't matter. Just, just do it. Oh, for the ISB. Right. So like, yeah. So she, so I, I find it weird because I think she was in both of these episodes. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. She's still trying. I I think she's going to piece it together. That's her, that's her role in the show. So just from the trailer, (laughs) I know that there's at least one scene that I haven't seen her in so far. Yeah. But when you go to IMDb's page, it only says she's in two episodes. So they must be updating this page oh, on an episode by episode basis so that we don't know who's <laughs> in the show. They don't usually do that. Season. Yeah. So, like, that's interesting. But, like, uh, yeah, it says that she's only in two episodes. But, like, the dude that was the right hand during the raid, Sergeant Caustic. Yeah. Like, the Scottish dude, it says he's in the show for 10 episodes. And we didn't see him at all. We only saw him like raise his hand when everybody was getting fired. I think IMDB, I think different people are able to up, update information on there than needs to be allowed. Might not be the best information is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But more like a uh, Wikipedia kind of thing. Yeah. Um but I think she's going to figure it out, right? She's got her and her lackey that uh they just want to solve the puzzle right so like do you do you get the feeling that these people are bad people no and also probably 
So right, as I was saying, like yeah. major, uh, major part of Gaz, he, he gives this speech, which is mm-hmm. basically like, what do we do here? Mm-hmm. We, we look for disease and we eradicate it. Like right. that's, we're, that's, that's his healthcare spiel. workers. Yeah. 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 Our mission is to remove and cure sickness in the galaxy and make it healthier. But that sickness is anyone that is looking to talk down about the government. Yeah. To buck the. To anyone who wants to. Yeah. Who, who wants to exercise their right for choice. That is the disease, right? And that's, uh, that's Nazi talk right there. That's 100% Nazi talk. (laughs) If if I've ever heard it, right? Like there is not a parallel that you need to draw between Nazi Germany and the empire. (laughs) No. I mean, you're just painting shit different colors and changing the symbols. Like, Not even different colors when it comes to the the first order. They're oh, just no, black like, and red and white. The first order was like <laughs> when when you have the dude from Harry Potter up there giving the speech. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Before they blow up the government, like yeah, it was like if Hitler didn't give a fucking speech like this at some point, I'm a monkey's uncle, right? Like <laughs> right. it is it is transparent that this yeah. is supposed to be the, the Nazi Germany. So. Cassian, uh, he gets with his new uh, ragtag bunch of uh, do-gooders, right? They're all hill people now, sort of. They they live in hills. <laughs> Am I using that wrong incorrectly? <laughs> no, I just it's so funny to hear you say it. Uh, and we get uh, Vel, right? who is the mean lady in bravos yeah so to kick it back to game of thrones as you pointed out yeah so um english people british actors and actresses can only ever be in the exact same projects (laughs) so like their their network for getting each other jobs is rich yeah so avel who was the leader of our rebel cell on aldani yeah played the woman who was known as waif in the the house of the faceless men yeah was training Arya while she was blind in the game of blinds and then tried to kill her and mm-hmm. then of course Arya, in true badass fashion kills her in the dark and then cuts her face off hell yeah fuck yeah so like <laughs> vel is a very interesting character like she has been uh she's very committed to the cause she's all in on we don't know why yet Right. So like I'm assuming she hates the empire for some reason and like yeah. I get that the I get the feeling that her relationship with Luthen predates this thing by quite a lot. Yeah. So like he said to her in their uh, little interaction before introducing Cassian that you wanted to be a leader. Well, you don't get to a point with another person like that where you're like I'd like to take a bigger role in what's going on unless <laughs> yeah, you yeah, were yeah. involved with what was going on. Right. Right. So like, I get the feeling that he is not only like recruiting new talent, but he's developing talent. Like Luthen is on his way to like very clearly running his own well-funded, talented rebel cell. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. Now, what where's Mon Mothma come into all this? 
because like is she a senator right now or something not only is she a senator right now she has been a senator dating back to the clone wars okay so she was um so um padme amidala and bail organa had a group of senators that basically opposed then chancellor palpatine yeah and it was like the 200 or something like that it was called it was it was something mm. it was, i can't remember exactly the name of the group but it was basically a voting block of people who believed in things like choice and voting and not living under a dictator civil rights yeah basically that kind of stuff yeah and they failed and so then the purge happens you know like bail is still in the senate he's working with mon mothma padme unfortunately dies but and then like over the next 20 years between like the end of the clone wars and when we get to a new hope the empire is systematically like sidelining these people putting them under surveillance yeah making them afraid so that they'll be ineffective and to a large degree it works but she is the person who is holding the torch of this is not going to stand we are not going to allow this and if we can accomplish that without violence cool if it needs violence guess what we're <laughs> we're doing it and so she is clearly working with luthan yeah and like this to me says that like luthan's cell is going to be what i would consider to be the primary rebel cell that becomes the rebellion and like even vel in these two episodes refers to it as the rebellion like this is the cause we are yeah. going to overthrow the empire <laughs> You know, and so Luthen is basically her point, her point per, person on the ground. It's like, I have an idea. I'm going to continue to do things on my end. Yeah. You need to make sure this other shit works, you know? Well, and, yeah. with what Daedra's rattling off as recent crimes, you get the sense that maybe these people or Luthen and other people have been orchestrating these other sorts of crimes, maybe. Right. So if you go back, to, if you think about Rogue One, when um, Jen Urso gives her like rebellions are built on hope speech, you know, yeah, you had all those leaders around that little hollow table, including Mon Mothma. Yeah. And like all of those people lead their own rebel cell. Like one is the like the like the Alliance Navy, like their ships, like they had to constantly move around all the mm -hmm. time sure they had, they had no place that they could really go like that was a cell you know and then you have like cassian cell which is like the intelligence side of it and then you had saw guerrera who was forrest whitaker in the yeah. in rogue one yeah like he has a cell and he's extremely militant like he's like cut their throats no survivors we're not taking prisoners like take this truth like, alien he, and have them absorb his brain yeah exactly like uh ends justifies the means 100 percent with saw like he's barely a human being anymore yeah but like all of these people like there's other people like from the old eu like garmbel iblis like he was another guy who had uh like a very well equipped rebel cell and they were actively attacking imperial like facilities and that kind of thing and all of these disparate groups end up coming together and molding themselves into a cohesive force that is capable of attacking an interstellar government. Sure. You need you a know? lot of people. You need lots of people, right? And they, as we saw in Rogue One and as we're seeing in Andor, like they don't agree all the time. Yeah. 
So, and like the thing that I love about Andor that I didn't think that I would enjoy. If you go back to a movie like in the prequel trilogies and like in the Phantom Menace, like at the end when everybody's fighting, mm-hmm. you would you would jump around to these different scenes. Like Anakin would be in the Naboo Starfighter fighting in space. Then you go to the then you go to the lightsaber battle. Yeah. And then you go somewhere else. And we're not doing that like yeah. that anymore. But now what we're doing is we're going from this point in society when Luthan and the the galactic senator are talking to these people in these fucking foothills yeah planning a robbery to you know this guy that's just been fired and like and now we're doing that same kind of thing where we're seeing like the different scale yeah the you know the glimpse behind the curtain and all these different people's lives and i still find it to just be gorgeous yeah yeah it's it's uh it's doing a really good job of sort of making it feel to scale you know uh so then the plan is to just steal this freighter right that's full of the money they're gonna load the money during some event that is going to effectively render the tie fighters useless at the right moment not render them useless um so there's this event, let's let's call it like an Aurora Borealis kind of scenario. Right? Yeah. It's a big deal on this place. Uh, yeah. One of the reasons that it's neat to be here. And everyone's going to be looking at that when it happens. So they've, they've planned this heist to coincide with the big distraction. Okay. And so um, they are going to steal what amounts to a Brinks truck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh they have to load it with all the money. And then they have to it is attached to a, a rail, a gigantic railing system. Yeah. And then they are going to detach it from that somehow and fly that some bitch down the valley A before anybody knows what's happening and B we're hoping that the big light show in the sky provides enough cover for us to get away with the loot <laughs> you know and so our plucky band and there's only six of them so i right so there's yeah Elle, there's um uh the other woman there's the medic yeah what's her name Ka- cass tax kicks you can call her kicks well, I I got it right here somewhere. I will find it. But like um Nemic Skeen, uh there's a guy named Terramin. Yeah. And then there is uh Cassian and uh kind of uh, Vel, right? So Vel, the other woman, Nemic, Skeen, Terramin, Cassian, and I guess that Lieutenant Gorn on the inside. Yeah is our is our other guy where is this lady cinta there it is cinta kaz is her name so i guess that's that's what those are our seven and so apparently the plan is uh lieutenant gorn is who has become a little less impassioned about the empire over the years is going to let our squad of returning imperial troopers or people 
in the door and then they're just gonna while everyone's off with the laser light show they're just gonna load up all the money for everyone in the sector which is not just this planet yeah and uh they're gonna fly the money out the cargo bay doors and then hope that no one notices that happen <laughs> it should go off real well do we think that it's gonna happen this next episode i think it's gonna start this next episode I oh be finished um they my one problem with andor if i can if it's really a problem is that they do seem to be taking their sweet ass time with telling the story yeah i wonder if they're if they're building stuff because we're seeing a lot of karn yeah uh hate his family and his life so i don't know if uh i don't know if that's going to come back in any way i mean i guess it could it has to uh mon mothma's having a rough time with her husband and daughter fuck dude like if if there was if we needed any more motivation to start a rebellion getting away from those two would be enough for me yeah like they're they're awful he seems terrible i mean she seems like a teenage kid yeah which which is whatever i guess but like he seems like a a a shit bag he's a real tool like that's (laughs) what i like that's what i thought like when he was talking about like oh we're having the governor for dinner oh here's the seating chart and i was like bro you are straight up tool like (laughs) he's got his hair in like a top knot he's wearing like robes and shit i was like dress like yeah just like a dude like wear a shirt you know like i don't so like uh the one thing he did that i really didn't like was that in one of the episodes they're on their way home from some function yeah and they have this little back and forth and she's like i didn't think you'd be interested in this thing that i'm doing and it's like well you never told me what it was and she's like well you won't like it and he's like why and it's like it's charitable and then he goes what's the driver's name and she's like chloris and he like gets on the intercom and he was like uh take the expressway home please like like i can't wait to be out of this car with you like i get the i get the feeling yeah. that she leaves her family that they're not gonna be, she's not gonna be like oh not too much love i mean i'm sure she'll be she'll be devastated i'm sure to a degree <laughs> i guess i i get the feeling what they're setting up is that like where Skeen lost his brother yeah and like lieutenant gorn lost the woman that he was in love with and like i don't know what nemec lost like the empire took her family from her right so like a different way all of these people have been like forced to lose things or to sacrifice things in order to pull this off and i'm thinking that what they're setting up is that she's going to choose to leave her family in order for the to pursue this goal right well and her daughter was like it's always all about you which in and of itself isn't that kind of like you need to be paying more attention to me, like Yeah. Proving it's right. the exact same thing. Like this person that um is risking their life every day to help the rebellion or start the rebellion, and then someone says it's always all about you, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, of course her daughter doesn't know that, but like <laughs> right. it is ironic. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. Uh Oh, I did want to mention real quickly. Yeah. Um, the seating chart and the names that he read off, like yeah. one of them is Sly Moore. Okay. If you go back to the prequel trilogy, when um, after Anakin and Darth Sidious kill Mace Windu and he flies out the, the window. Yeah. Anakin goes to the temple and, and slaughters the Jedi there. But Palpatine goes back to the Senate and says, the Jedi have tried to... 
I've left me scarred and yeah. <laughs> One of the people sitting next to him is his right hand in the Senate. His name, he's a blue guy with a stick. His name is Masamita. Oh, the other person in that little floaty podium that he's talking is this bald woman in like this very high necked white, almost yellowish uh, dress. That is Sly Moore. Wow. So like, so like an like real like deep deep fans, not fucking casuals, like as Master Winkle would What's say. Up? Um, represent. Oh, she looks. She looks crazy. Yeah, it's she. Well, she is like telepathic and like slightly force sensitive. Um, so like Palpatine wants her around for very particular reasons, mostly in the sense that she can, she has real good intuition as to what other people are thinking and feeling. But like, if you're up on that podium with the fucking galactic emperor, and then like you're going later, you're going to dinner at this other person's house, that name drop was supposed to tell you where she ranks. And it's really high up there. If like you're chilling and having brunch or whatever with like, well, and if he's super stoked about it and he's the one that sets it up, like, like these people are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like I you can see where much, he's aligned. Yeah. I don't think that he's on the board of like, if he heard about the rebellion, he'd be like, Oh, why don't they just eat cake? You know, like one of those like, <laughs> right. Yeah, he, right. Also, if, if he were to learn that his wife was doing what she was doing, he'd be un- he would he'd be unhappy. Well, he would turn her in probably. Yeah, I would. I hate to say it, Tom, but uh, we throughout history, we know that like when ideology comes into call, family member will turn on family member. (laughs) Yeah, he seems like um, a real bitch to me. I don't like him at all. I they're still kind of doing that Star Wars thing that they do with this, although it may be a little subtle where they're just like. Oh yeah, these terrible implications. I mean, don't think too much about them. Moving on, everyone, come over here. They, they're not distracting us with lightsabers this time. They're distracting us with a, a sick payroll heist to to take away the uh, the uh, monetary gain of these white collar workers that are just trying to trying to live a, or earn a wage on some planet that they didn't want to even be on. Uh. But yeah, it's just like, oh no, yeah, he's super, super far right. And uh he is super far right. <laughs> so the other thing that people have been bitching about Andor is that like um um oh we I've made the point that like Star Wars is not a political show, and I would certainly say it's not like law and order where you're pulling the stories and the scripts directly from the the media like on a weekly like news cycle but it does certainly draw inspiration from what's going on in our world because that's what sure. people find relatable sure and so like is andor political yeah why is it political because it's talking about the formation of like a rebellion against a legit i mean like as far as much as you want to call it like the empire is a legitimate form of government if you're going to get angry at star wars for being political and what they're doing is being like look at this fascist regime isn't it bad and you're like why are you doing this you might not be a good person yeah like the only people that think fascism is cool are fascists right (laughs) yeah like if you're upset about that and and that's how you're interpreting it you might just not be a good person (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like if Andor had cannibalism in it, and people were like, oh, have you seen about cannibalism finally getting some representation in Star Wars? And it's like, bro, are <laughs> yeah. you cannibal? Yeah. That's fucking yeah. sick. You know, like. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, is it political? Like, in what? what are in there what politics that? in it? Of course. Yeah. I mean, like, we that's dating all the way back to, like, oh, the shipping lanes are not being <laughs> open. We're blockading this trade routes you know like that's what been one of the big bitches about star wars for the last 20 years yeah but like i need to know more about what do shipping you routes. what do you fight over like wh- i mean like t- how many people are upset at gas prices or inflation right now I- i'm or curious have gone up, you know like if if you were to write a story about a galaxy and people trying to rise up against oppression what would you want that oppression to be the only thing i can think of is it's like we're instead of using like um a setting like we're doing with andor where like the rebellion is an analog for like fast fascist governments versus everyone else like you have to use like a roman example where it's like we're whipping you and lashing you and you're like yeah you're all chained together dragging the huge block to build the pyramids and like shit and it's just about like freedom from like actual slavery right right but those two things are not all that far apart (laughs) sure sure i mean or or star wars is just about this planet does not like this planet because they are two different planets now they're fighting you know which that'd be overdone for sure like i think the fact that there are these subtleties and these other sort of yeah sure we got light laser swords and we have giant ships and different alien races and everything and and all that stuff but like you need some sort of um nuance i think to keep it interesting if it was i mean marvel has made a uh you know uh an empire out of cgi fight scenes right but we're even we're getting tired of that now yes to a degree Right. It's just like, I mean, oh, how did how did it end? Was there a giant CGI fight and then uh the good guys won? Okay. I mean, yeah, after the twenty-fourth or twenty-fifth time, yeah, I guess I'm yeah. a little tired of it. <laughs> sure. Um we want more nuance. But then people complain about nuance because then it touches on like their political ideologies. Like, you know, the reason that Star Wars is big and expansive and like people can relate to it also means that there's gonna be a large section of the pop like the people who watch and like eat live and breathe star wars that are gonna dislike it yeah because you can't you cannot make everybody happy all the time no but apparently what you can do regardless of people's response is make a shit ton of money which is what star wars continues to do i mean like there i mean you can make some comparisons from about the empire to disney sure you know like i mean it's not I mean, it's a bigger jump, but it's not that big of a jump. And like, let's let's be real about this. Like, there's a reason why Disney, after they acquired Star Wars, has taken a step back from like the forces of religion. We're going to help define it. We're going to tell sure. these other stories. You know, we're going to make Rogue One and Han Solo and all these all these uh, shows. And like, Kenobi wasn't about the Force. It was about the relationship between Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker yeah you know and adding another little footnote in that relationship or whatever it's not about defining like what the force is yeah they don't want to do that they want it to be ambiguous they don't want to help define religious belief that 
that's only going to drive people away from their product. They want it to be open and ambiguous and unseen and like, but they, they want make to make money by like, keeping in the middle as much as possible. Yeah, South Park had a great take on this as they do for a lot of different things. Where it's <laughs> sure. like, but they use the Jonas Brothers as a way to like as an analog between how Disney sold sex to preteen girls. Oh, sure. You know, and it's like you have these slightly older guys on stage gyrating, making music that is directly aimed at this demographic. You know, and like buying in on the same craze that you have seen with like the Beatles and Elvis and every boy band that has ever been created for any reason yeah. was to combine music and sex to sell it to people who had money. And that's what dis I mean, that's what Disney, I mean, like they're not hiding it. You don't have you know? to anymore, <laughs> but like, yeah, to be honest, like, I mean, I mean, Disney, is there anything that could bring Disney down at this point? I mean, I don't think so. Aren't they looking to like buy other stuff now? They're trying like, to like Florida. Yeah. Yeah, well, Florida started that one. And then I mean, Disney. I don't know if Disney owns, I believe they own ABC Studios. I don't know that they own ESPN, but they might. You know, they own Star Wars, they own Marvel. I mean, yeah. like Disney is invested in capturing the hearts and minds of kids so that their parents will spend hard earned money to entertain their kids. And then once you hook them, like we're the generation that proves that everything that they were doing for all this time works. Yeah. Right? Because we are still watching it. And like, I know that like, I, I just, I had, I showed monsters Inc to my nephew yeah. <laughs> last week, you know, and that movie's been out for like 15, 20 years or whatever. Yeah. You know, and like he's gonna grow up on Pixar and Disney and all whatever's next, and like, and then you know what he's gonna do a couple times a year or every so often is go to Disney, right? And then just shovel the money right in their face. My, my <laughs> mom and dad, his grandparents, have already planned a trip for like what is it, two thousand thirty-one? No kidding. Yeah, and they're like, we're starting to save, and we're gonna start figuring out like how how we can get like them who will be close to eighty. <laughs> myself my my sister her husband and and their you know grandson yeah all down to disney together and i'm like if we pull this off our family can do nothing wrong yeah so for sure uh have you have you seen the um <clears throat> the star wars hotel that you can stay in now at disney i sent you something on instagram that i thought was pretty cool um I have seen the hotel. I could never afford to stay there. I I didn't even look up how much it was. I don't even want to know how much. I, th I think the Florida one's open. I'm not sure if the one out here is open yet. Okay. But like um, at one of the theme parks, you can get like a wristband. Yeah. And then you can sign up to quote unquote hunt bounties. And you're given a bounty at random or whatever. And then you're sorry your bracelet will basically beep like hot or cold at you warmer colder and yeah. then you have to find the person or whatever or like the place where your bounty is yeah and it's like this neat fun way to like get people to go all over the park if i went to that place i would do nothing but that shit all day and just wander around and be like, I'm going to get a Star Wars cookie and I'm going to find a bounty and I'm going to buy a lightsaber and just be a total, total geek. Yeah. No, I mean, like, 
they have the the fucking room that you stay in is like built like it's fucking Karn's mom's apartment. I, it's all I love Star Wars, but I don't want to. I don't want to stay in that room. <laughs> I mean, like, haha, good one, Disney, but I'm not paying you six hundred dollars a night to to sleep on what effectively is a cot. You know, like. Well, I imagine it's a little bit more uh queen size comfortable. Cat. Yeah. I but yeah, know. you can experience your own Star Wars story and shit. It sounds crazy. It sounds awesome. And like to be fair, like there is a level of like fandom that I've actively tried to avoid and it's like that. Yeah. The cosplay being yeah, the LARPing, cosplaying, like immerse immersive kind of things where it's like so like um I like I on Instagram, like I follow a couple of people that like do like uh like it's kind of like baton twirling but with lightsabers. Yeah. And it looks neat, but it's the same thing that you saw like in you know in band practice, like at football games, effectively. Mm-hmm. It's just with lightsabers, and I'm like, that's not what lightsaber fighting is. No. It's it just looks neat. So I appreciate the fact that you've made it look neat. I don't think that it's really Star Wars. But like there there's some group in Italy created um an actual like light what it would be like to fight with lightsabers sport. Oh yeah. And uh I looked at it and I'm like that in no way seems like anything that I saw in a movie. Like like there is a difference between trying to take a lesson from like the stories that star Wars tells and applying it to your own life. And then trying to create something that is in star Wars in your own life. Yeah. And that's where my line is. Yeah. Unless I was super fucking rich then I would do it. So, <laughs> so like, I know at galaxy's edge, you can like play little games and shit, but otherwise it's kind of just like you're there. Mm-hmm except for the merchandise and the expensive food and everything, mm-hmm. obviously. It's like buying it in the airport. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you're not, you're not into that then. If I was going to take a, if I was going to take a vacation and go to galaxy's edge, I'd want to do it to the, to the, degree by so like i went to vegas once and i didn't ha- i didn't bring enough money to like gamble and okay. like go to all the shows sure you know and like you know what isn't fun in vegas is when you can't do any of that stuff yeah <laughs> you know and so like yeah. it's fun and like i went around and looked at all that stuff but like yeah if you don't if you don't participate in it it's kind of a wasted trip sure and uh like if i'm gonna go and do something where the point like if i went to like lego city or whatever and like anaheim or whatever it is and never played with Legos, I'd be like, why the fuck did I come here? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so like if I was going to go to Galaxy's Edge, I would geek out or like, what, what is it? Like Universal Studios has like that, like Harry Potter. Valley. Yeah. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go to the nines when I go do that. Right. Butterbeer, yeah. robes. Oh lawn. yeah. I'm going to get sorted into a house. Butterbeer is so good. Yeah. You know? So like, but yeah, but I'm not bringing it home with me. It's a vacation. Sure, you know? sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we kind of got off trip. All right, so no one should be. Surprised our listener by will that. be so upset. Yeah. 
at this point, if you're listening, it doesn't matter if we get off track. Like you listen for the first 90 seconds and then you are out. Yeah. I mean, there really isn't a whole lot that happened here except for like they trained a bit or we get a sense that they trained a bit. We kind of know what the heist is going to entail, right? They're going to pretend to be soldiers. Um, Cinta and Vel went off on their own thing. We're not sure what what their role is going to be. We yeah, know their, that their part of the plan is very mysterious at this point. Yeah. And uh but Cassian, he seems like uh a very adept flyer pilot. He's got a lot of skills. Yeah, we get he knows he can fly almost anything it sounds like. Yeah, any lead character in any Star Wars project has to be able to fly <laughs> or drive every vehicle. Otherwise, they're... I wonder how how similar all of them are to fly, right? I So, I don't know because I can't do it. But, like, mm, sure. I imagine, like, pilots, people who fly avi- you know, aviation vehicles, would say... If you understand the principles of flying, you could probably fly most things that fly, right? Like, sure, yaw, whatever happens in Top Gun, you know, that kind of stuff. But, like, I, he's describing the vehicle in, well, your eyes just got big for a second. Yeah. He's describing the vehicle they're going to steal, right? And he's like, there should be this and there should be that. And there should be this other thing. And I'm like, even if it was your whole life, do you think that you would be able to know something that specific about something you'd never been in? He's like, it's a box freighter, right? That's like a line from the show. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's a box freighter. And he was like, okay, well that should have something that looks like this. And he was like, what are you going to do if I want, if I wasn't along? And I'm thinking, you don't even really know what it looks like, Cassian. Yeah, he's like uh, underneath this, underneath the lever. There's a a, a weight gauge. It's not going to be on there because it's an add-on. At what right. no point is he like? I hope they got that add-on because if they didn't, I don't know where it is. You know, it just seems weird. Yeah, maybe that's a clue. Maybe he knows something. Maybe he does know something. No, my eyes got big because I saw one of. Uh, Winkle's emails here and it was very long. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Master Winkle, um, friend of the show, would never occasional occasional never uh, he's not uh, gonna bitch out and like give us like a one sentence question. No. But like, yeah, he's he's got he's asked a number of questions over the uh Weeks I, and was, I was reading as specifically Andor episode ones through three. Yeah. So the fun thing, and I'll touch on this just a little bit since while you're reading, but like you, the fun thing about Andor is that you don't have to watch Rogue One first. Yeah. Like it's a standalone show and it's going to fly. I, I would imagine over the, it's two years flow into what they said they're going to run right up to like when you see him in the alley for the first time oh is it really yeah so i i would not be surprised if like that's the years last... from now yeah okay well 
much like House of the Dragon, we are going to get time jumps. Don't like it. So, in fact, I think that the first season is supposed to cover about five years worth of time. Okay. And we really haven't had a time jump yet. So, like, I am imagining, I would guess that after episode six or maybe seven, we are going to jump to a point where he and Luthen have a better working relationship and have done a number of things together. Yeah. Or maybe even Cassian is in charge of like a small group and like Luthen is handing off like orders or directives, things that you want to accomplish. Um, but yeah, I would not be surprised if the last scene in the Andor series is like, I have to go meet a contact in this planet. You know, I heard he's a little banged up, so I got to check on him. Yeah. And then like he walks oh, out. Let of me bin. just reload my blaster real quick. All yeah. right, let's get after it. Yeah. Credits roll, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I did want to mention something um we haven't quite touched on yet because and there's no reason you would have known to touch on it. But at the beginning of episode four, before Cassian is introduced to the this rebel cell. Yeah. Luthen puts a down payment on yeah. his Kyber services. brand Kyber crystal. Sky. That is a lightsaber crystal. Yeah. And he says something like, it has very like significant meaning to me. It it represents the overthrow of the Rakatan invaders. And this is big because it brings the Rakatan infinite empire into canon. Oh. So in it's about pre- time, yeah. <laughs> uh, Drew's laughing because he knows I have no idea what he just said. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so in like pre pre Star Wars history, like th- as far back as you can go, yeah. One of the first big things that happened in the galaxy once people had, de- had developed like inter like interstellar travel was that this race of people called the Rakatans came to power and they created something called the infinite empire, which was basically all known space. Like there were no pockets of like people who weren't under the, this like star spanning galaxy, like government. Yeah. And <clears throat> they used the dark side of the force um to run the show basically okay. like and they built a bunch of different technological things that were powered via the force including this thing from the kotor video games called the star forge which was this factory in space that was in some way partially powered by the dark side of the force and it created like star fighters and stuff oh and um it took effectively the galaxy's first huge rebellion to tear these guys down. And so I, when I, when I heard that, interesting, I I thought, what a cool analogy, because it's like, I'm holding on to this thing, which symbolizes the tearing down of what amounts to an even larger empire. Yeah. And I'm going to give it to you as a down payment on you helping me tear down this version of a galaxy spanning empire see this is the stuff that i look for from you this is a this is a pretty deep one yeah 
you had this, to be this is great you had to be like reading the like tablets and shit in the kotor game to like under <laughs> like to get this kind of stuff yeah so that's really cool so he's he's been doing this for a while then <clears throat> i think luthen you so like you don't get to a place where he is now by deciding to do it last week <laughs> you know like right. he he runs this shop he has a shop helper assistant she is as in on the rebellion as he is yeah so like he's got at least like a day-to-day partner that he's working on you know with and like and they make touch. they make mention like oh you always worry or something like that and when he's like listening to his ham radio and then she's like, do something like you get the sense that like this type of thing happens often or has happened often in the past where they have missions that they're worried about. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. So, like, my take is that these two have been working together for a while. Like, you don't like read someone's mood you know you know if just because you right. work in the shop with them you know it takes time you know and like the operation that andor is now a part of is has been in the work for almost six months you know and he's coming in at the tail end of it and that's why they don't trust him yeah you know and so you know there's these little snippets of things that are really subtle that help convey a lot of information very very quickly about like timing and motives and goals and all that kind of stuff and um i'm appreciating the show for doing um as good a job as they've done with it yeah 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 now how many of these you know pre-more authorities businesses are there throughout the galaxy tons tons of them so like this I get the idea that this corporation or whatever it is that like Cyril Kane used to work for Kane Karn Karn Cyril Karn worked for is a lot like the Bankers Guild or the Trade Federation or and there have been a number of these things dating back um, through the past. Like if you played the video games or read some of the comic books, yeah, there's kind of a pre-galaxy spanning business called Zerka Corporation. Okay. And, uh, you know, the same kind, you get the same kind of feel like they have their private security forces. They are political entities unto themselves. They control entire planets. Like, uh, they are effectively their own living, breathing interstellar nation. It just so happens that we have a charter, you know, like, so the empire large, I mean, we talked about this at one point, but like uh, the empire largely like privatizes and breaks these things up so that they're not political entities that can like have their own free state. Oh, sure. And they basically work them into the bureaucracy. Oh, sure. So the best way to keep a tab on them. Right. And so like, you know, you take their money, you take their resources, you eliminate them as a threat. And that's like, to do that like what they did in this episode to like whatever corporation it was immediately shut it down yeah you're shut down we're here forever we've annexed you into the into the empire or whatever like they've been doing that ever since they became the empire and it's sometimes you invade with troops and sometimes you you sign on the dotted line and the effect is the same yeah 
you know so like they they said in one of the beginning episodes of andor that like these guys like or they said that like these guys are the front line of defense for the empire and they took that shit real serious yeah 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 so like they work for this corporation but they consider themselves to be the empire you know so it's like yeah the empire is... cannot stress enough how much they don't care about what you're doing <laughs> yeah. so i run a i want a youtube channel about like the lions yeah um and how, what's like, that called uh it's called um the casual gm podcast oh, okay thank you and uh we talk about like so a lot of lions fans are unhappy with where the team is right now and like they're like we certainly did not expect this team to be one and four and like i have when i have talked to these people i've said something to the effect of the detroit lions do not give a shit what your expectations are <laughs> that's on you yeah. that's on you yeah if you're unhappy with it it's because you're not being objective yeah and you set your sights too high. So, like, that's your fault. That's not this team's fault. Fanaticism. Yeah. There's no there's no logic in that, right? No. Exactly. So, yeah, these corporations, like, recovering, like, when, when the Rebellion does eventually defeat the Empire, like, what we see in, like, the Mandalorian, and, like, you have, like, these X-Wings, like, patrolling around shit, like, they, rebuilding that is so difficult because the empire largely broke apart the infrastructure that the galaxy had been built on for the known history of the galaxy, you know? Yeah. So now so, the so. empire, they didn't care too much about the outer rim either. Did they? I mean, if you could get something out of it, sure. But like outside of that, it was a little bit too like they were more concerned about stuff closer to home. Yeah. Um so <clears throat> the empire really cares about like humans first, non-humans second. We are in control of everything, like every aspect, security, money, communication, uh labor force, freedom choice they wanted to be in control of all of it and like that's not me being like euphemistic or like ex exaggerating like they no that's what they wanted and, yeah they passed laws and did things to people that took away all of that you know and so when the rebellion wins and like everyone goes back to doing their nine to five or whatever and it's like wait we don't have a structure here to build on anymore we have to create a new structure you know, and like just like in Game of Thrones, because let's why not tie it back to that? Like at the end of in episode eight, when Danny goes crazy, yeah, you know, and she talks yeah. about breaking the wheel. The Empire did that; it broke the wheel. It broke the cycle of things that everyone in the galaxy kind of relied on to know like what your day looked like tomorrow. Yeah, you know, and so like Mon Mothma, Luthen, Bail Organa, Saw Gerrera, they all get it. You know, they're so they're I mean they're the commitment they're making to the empire is not just to beat the empire, it's to rebuild society. Like it's a right. lifelong commitment. <laughs> yeah, and and, and doesn't uh I know in one of the books that's after the first initial trilogy, like <clears throat> what's her name is going around trying to help instill a government. Leia? Yeah, Leia. She's trying to like go around and doing like political tours to try and help rebuild up a government 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Once, Lydia, once once they're done, then sure, maybe a lot of killing is done. But now you got to. You're probably gonna have to do some more killing to get the government going again. Yeah, I, I, I can't stress enough that, he, that under the old canon and what they are currently doing to fill the backstory in the new canon, how important Leia Organa Solo was to those yeah. efforts. Like, I mean, like in the original series, like she's like a team builder. Like she's very important for a number of reasons she becomes this leader of the rebellion and like she's not out there holding a gun all the time you know she's not yeah. on the front lines but like she's the person who brings all the gun holders together and gets them to go in the same direction right you know? point your like, guns out that way yeah it's not that's not an easy thing to do yeah so like she should be given a ton of credit and i'll tell you what like just how you wanted a show about luthan and like his kind of like where he came from Let's wait until this little actress that did like Leia in the <laughs> Kenobi show gets to be like a teenager. Sure. And let's see what her like her next show is going to be like. Because if she looks, I mean, there may not be any chance of this, but I mean, like, if she looks anything like Carrie Fisher did when she filmed the original series, get that actress a TV show. Cause sure. I, I would watch it. She was awesome. Yeah, she was good. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, you are the you are the driver of this podcast. I, I know. follow your lead. Got a couple minutes. There's a lot. There's a lot here that uh, that Winkle has, as we all know. He loves it. He he is a good question asker. Yeah. Uh, he has a question here about long distance communication. That yeah. might be is that. Is that a little bit too um, technical for? Well, I don't think so. I mean, we can kind of. So can you read this question? Yeah. How how does long distance communication work in the Star Wars universe? Excellent. So. <laughs> Um, hold on this might be a little bit nerdy for what you two usually talk about but I'm not sure why some people can communicate over vast distances of space yet people in the same city need special comms to talk to one another it's like not only do people not have cell phones which they don't right. uh, but they don't have landlines right. so is it just an access thing like Bix seemed to be able to do what do it when she contacts uh, the buyer, Luthen. Uh, but it looks shady as hell. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a theory for that. Uh, and then, do you have a part of the empire? Do you have to be part of the empire to get to talk interplanetarily? I'd say that's a word. He speculated. Yeah, we're gonna. I mean, I imagine them. that the government, big government, aka the empire, set up some sort of communication system. Um. And then Bix needed to use Morse code essentially to com- communicate with uh, Luthen because it was unmonitored. Right. So, like, you know, when you're asked like to accept the cookies when you go to a new website, yeah, Bix was unwilling to accept them. <laughs> so, analogy. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so, 
in both pre-Empire and during the Empire and afterwards, there is something called the hollow net. Um, and this is an eff effectively a large interstellar communication system. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it's set up, but like it is a is effectively completely automated and therefore can be put under someone's total control. So maybe during, you know, pre-Empire, people would have the ability to like go to a kiosk and place a call. Like if you went to a payphone and made a call, but like yeah. you wouldn't just be able to like pick up your cell phone and call somebody planets away. Right? Yeah. But they have these things called comlinks, which are effectively only verbal. I guess sometimes they can be visual, like when uh when execute order 66, you know, <laughs> and you see them standing in that little that clone trip. That seemed like a program set up across the entire hollow net to go off on all of these different things, right? It was Tom. It was <laughs> yeah. It was a like at, at 6 30. this call's going out to all these clone troopers. So Nailed it. You know, and like, so like, imagine if no one was able in our world, if no one was able to have cell phones and you had to go to what amounted to a payphone to communicate with someone who literally wasn't within walking or driving distance of you. Mm -hmm. That's the first problem. Then the second problem would be imagine if that system uh, was controlled by an interstellar government and, or just any government and like, your ability to access it was complete 100% monitors. Like, oh, I think that the government's probably listening on your calls. Well, newsflash in our world, they are. And in <laughs> Star Wars, they are. Yeah. Because that's what governments do. So, like, I mean, I always have They've been had the Patriot Act in for a very yeah. long time. No, yeah. No Freedom of Information Act over here, folks. So, like, no. FOIA. But, like, <laughs> People who have always said to me, like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get the COVID vaccine because, um, what, Microsoft has put some, like, yeah. chip in there to, like, figure it out. And I was like, bro, they know that shit already. Have you ever bought anything on Amazon? You're done. Yeah. <laughs> they know your whole life. They know how fast your heart is beating, all your right. most fears and thoughts. <clears throat> and they, they can predict. They know what you're going to eat for dinner tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, they know your behavior better than you do. Shut the fuck up. Just yeah. buy the, you know, just accept the cookies. So like, so like Bix has to reach out to Luthen in a, in a covert way. And that's how she's doing it. So yeah. I am, I imagine she she's hijacking radio. or hacking into the hollow net and sending out a most Morse code thing to Luthen. And like, someone might be able to know that it's there, but they probably won't know what it says. Yeah. You know? And so like, when you have a government that controls whether or not you are able to communicate at over some, some amount of distance and then like what you can say and knowing what you're saying while you're saying it, if they do allow you access, it's an immensely controlling tool. Yeah. And this, this disparity between the, the, uh, technology that they do have versus what they don't have mm -hmm. it's such a huge gap it is because we have speeder bikes mm -hmm. uh but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to watch anything on my on my computer at home and also like 
I'll be able to contact you, but if you have the same walkie-talkie and don't go in into the valley or anything. Right. <clears throat> what do you think that is? Like, I guess I guess it promotes like uh just sort of immersion into that world. And but at least for me personally, it's hard for me to be like, how do you have these? Like, where did you where where's the gap? Mm-hmm. between you you inventing a spaceship uh but you didn't invent netflix leading up to that right like <laughs> how does that happen so, or also like no entertainment or is that is that that might be another thing about like there doesn't seem to be too many arts on star wars right so i would agree with that so here's what i would say if you're rich, you have access to it because it does exist. But like, especially in Andor, we're not dealing with those people predominantly. Okay. So like the nine to fivers, um, I would say when it comes to, let's think about it like this. If you are in Star Wars to relate it to our world, think about it like going backwards in time. If you're super rich, you're living in the present. And you have access to like interstellar communication, you get entertainment, you have the Star Wars version of Netflix, you have the creature comforts and luxuries that like you and I putting a podcast on the internet for anyone to watch for free. <laughs> yeah. Or listen to for free. Yeah. Can can have an access. But as you go down and how rich people are, you are traveling backwards in time. So like if as you when you get down to the level of the people that we saw on the first two or three episodes of Andor. Yeah. You're literally talking about something somewhere after the civil war, but before the advent of television. And so like the things that you would do for fun then would be like to talk to people or read a book or yeah. putting on like a, uh, like a, a small <laughs> town play or playing sports, but it wouldn't be watching other people do that for fun. You know, sure. and like, you know, a, a lot of the times it's like these people are not working eight hours a day and then going home and have eight hours of leisure time. I mean, those people that hung their gloves up on the wall in like episode two. Yeah. I imagine that those shifts are more 10, like 10s and 12s, you know, like, <laughs> right. And the sun's I, up, you're working, you know, and I, and not for most of my life, but I've worked 10s, 12s in a couple of times in my life. And like sure. what you do when you go home for fun is sleep. Yeah. Cause you're fucking exhausted, you know? And like, I mean, and I was riding around on a lawnmower because, but I got up at four o'clock in the morning and I was asleep by six o'clock at night. So that's true. And it seems like, like those people that were hanging their gloves up, what they're doing is breaking down parts. They're recycling and, and yeah, recycling at the behest of the, Free more security association or whatever they are. I mean, and that whatever that the local authoritarian branch. Yeah. Like that, that corporation might just be in charge of like, like large scale recycling operations. So is the lack of arts indicative of the fascists esque regime or mentality that's taken place well i would say 
that certainly set all of it back much yeah. as you would expect right because you don't want you don't <laughs> want people expressing themselves in a way that not everybody can understand right like um like people who have been oppressed have, have gotten very very creative in order to communicate yeah you know and do a whole bunch of different stuff like art has been used to pass along messages like i know when the portuguese um suppressed brazil when they were having their large like um naval empire mm-hmm. that, like they didn't allow the brazilian population to arm themselves and like anything that looked like it could be used as a weapon was confiscated from them so they developed a form of martial arts that looked like dancing Sure. You know, and like so dancing is an art form, but they also taught it to everybody so that when they were like, well, now it's time to kick these guys out because we don't want them here. Is it capoeira? Whatever it was. I mean, it could very well be that. Uh. But like this was a part of it, you know, and like what was it? Suffragettes like learned jujitsu like in the in the tens and twenties, right? You know, Uh. because they were gonna get in fights. Okinawa and karate, the yeah. like the bow staff and stuff. They had they wanted to be able to use farm equipment as weapons, so they they developed a whole thing around that. Yeah, and like there have certainly over time, like farm implements have been have evolved into a weapon unto themselves. Sure, you know, and so like when you have oppression, you want to you want to clamp down on art, like uh, even back. So like one of my to be a complete nerd here for a second like one of my kind of fascinations that like i study on my own is like 16th century history yeah like the most interesting history it's most interesting shut up it's the most interesting century across world history i think that there is okay and so like one of the things that like during king henry the eighth reign yeah that they did you can trace this same idea all the way back to rome is that they would commission plays that were effectively propaganda Sure. And so then you would in the like you would put some body jokes or some like meaningful shit in there or whatever. And then like you would travel around to all these towns. And then it's the same thing as like someone getting on the internet or on television and putting a microphone in front of their face and then talking to the masses. And that's the only perspective that those people have. So that's what they think, because that's the information that they've taken in. Yeah. And so it's this great way to garner support, you know. Uh, curb public appeal like uh, you know change the mob basically right and so um, art is going to be suppressed by the empire because you can do all this shit with it yeah so like and we don't really see much of that so like I think the best example that I could think of is that um, like Grand Admiral Thrawn and Star Wars mm-hmm. is a big he's big into art because he he fucking gets this right yeah yeah dude's so a collector like, he was and so in rebels he um is t- has taken over the the planet of uh harris and one of the characters in rebels mm-hmm. and she has this like what amounts to a um a representation of her family tree and it's a, it's just like carving or like piece of art and it's got a lot of a sentimental attachment to her and like he's able to look at that and understand the significance of it you know but like he gains insight into his enemies by studying their art forms and like this is a character that was introduced in some of the very first novels yeah so like star wars has paid homage to this idea that art is an effective way to communicate almost since the inception of star wars 
So yeah. yeah, so like I would imagine that like the the empire is not going to allow Netflix. <laughs> you know, yeah. because Netflix could be <clears throat> used to subvert their political ideology. Yeah, that's interesting. That's why they're uh, never taking Netflix for me. So that's right. Well, we did it. We are. We're great. We got Andor done halfway. We will a be less than halfway. Up, yeah, we will be picking back up with episodes six and seven, I believe, of House of the Dragon. Yeah. Oh, wait. Seven and eight. Okay. So this last one this week, that makes sense. and then this upcoming Sunday, then we'll have our podcast on on Monday. <clears throat> and uh, if I can foreshadow a little bit, they're going to be bangers. So <laughs> really interesting stuff happening. Wait, the podcast or the show? Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cannot All right. Wait. Well, you thanks, the- everyone, if you made it this far. Hold on. You remember the kid that got his eye cut out? Yeah. Super interesting guy. Yeah. Can't wait. I can agree with that. Yeah. So if you've made it this far. Thanks. Pat yourself on the back. Treat yourself. Yeah. Not. Well, hopefully this was you treating yourself. Enjoying us. Um, You can also email us. Medioccasations at gmail.com. If you want. You know, Be we the may... other person that emails us outside of Master Winkle. Now I've been doing this thing where I say we get a lot of emails, thinking that people will email us. So don't, Reverse don't psychology. Don't get it. Yeah. Right. yeah. I've always just opted for the truth. I think it's, it's a good policy. No, manipulation gets you is far better, I think. You catch more flies with your newer. Right? <laughs> that's right. I think that's how that saying goes. It's definitely true. You catch right. more bears with honey, but no one wants bears. Have you seen bears? They're terrible. Yeah. Bears kill more people per year than flies combined. Yeah, that's for sure. That's right. I had to do the math real quick in my yeah. head. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. It's close, but bears do win. Say the thing so we can stop. May the force be with you. Thank you. <laughs>